and welcome. I'm Jillian Moss Backman, and you've tuned in to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. Let me begin by saying today I'm a little ungrounded. I have a lot of things buzzing around in my head. I've got so much going on around me that it's hard to prioritize in my head what's important and what I need to filter out and everything else. I'm getting ready and lining up for my next trip to the Book Expo in America in New York City in a couple weeks, June 4th through the 7th. And I'm so excited because the Change Already show, my broadcast, is going to be broadcast live there. And I'm super excited because it's a really humongous event, apparently. I've never been, obviously. And the Publishers Weekly is in charge, and they're one of the main persons that put this on, and they actually called a couple weeks ago, and they're going to do an article on, excuse me, on the show and my book, Beyond the Pews, so I'm really excited about that. And usually, as you know, my show is 30 minutes long, but I'm taking 60 minutes out of our time and day, and I'm going to have a guest, and his name is Eric Miller, And he's with Wicker Park Press. He's been in publishing for over 10 years. And this is his 35th or 31st trip to the convention. And I really want to hear how things have changed over the years. So he's going to talk about publishing in the past and where he sees the industry going into the future. And, of course, we were talking about what he wanted to discuss on air with me. And he said something that kind of piqued my attention. He was talking about the role of ebooks. And I know that ebooks is a new fad and all these big trends that are going out there, and logically so. If those of you that don't know it, it's it's books that you can do online through the internet and it and it has a tendency to eliminate the middlemen, so to speak, and it's really having an effect on the published community. And I was intrigued by the thoughts that he said with it. So he's going to go over that as well for us when I get there in a couple weeks. And that show is actually going to be June 5th. Of course, I'm going to stay on a Tuesday, and it will be at noon. If you want more information, and I do believe that the it is open to the public, and, of course, you can attend, But we'll all be there together because I'm going to be doing my show live again on Tuesday, June 5th at noon. You can go over to, pop over to my website at JillianMossBackman.com, J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M.com, and there'll be some more. Now, there's a couple housekeeping issues I want to go over before we go into the next topic. I'm sure you already probably know that I attended the public event at the Dalai Lama. Was I just like over the top with that? (laughs) I was just so thrilled because it was one of the things on my bucket list, supposedly, that everybody calls it nowadays. So I was like over the moon, excited about it in Chicago a couple weeks ago. And I promised uh, my Time's Up blog friend that I would write a follow-up blog about that well, it's actually up today, and it was started yesterday, and I think it's going to be up a couple days more. So please pop over there and read it. I usually don't solicit people to, A, read my blog, or B, repost my blog, but in this case, case I really want to make an exception to the rule. 
the blog I wrote was more about what he conveyed to us. And there's a few of my own thoughts and reactions to it, but he gave some really concrete, down-to-earth ideas and suggestions on what we can do in our own lives for nonviolence and how we can get back to what he called the small village mentality. So please go over to that Time's Up blog, and it's it's Time's Up, T-I-M-E apostrophe S, up, U-P, B-L-O, blogspot.com, timesupblogspot.com. And if you can't find it there, head over to my Facebook page, or I tweeted about it this morning. So either way, you'll find it. Just look it up somewhere. It was so loving, and he was so spot on with what you do. Now, the only request that I have for you all is that if you choose to repost my post, I would appreciate and give the common courtesy back that you tagline it with where it came from, which is my information and my post. I do this for others, and I hope that people reciprocate with the same kind of loving fashion. And I really think that's important to be respectful of each other's work that we've done. It'll come off the site soon, so you can find it in the archives later. I'm not sure if you're aware of, but this week it was the 500th show of Wendy Williams on television. Now, for those of you that don't know her, she's a morning talk show host, and she covers lots of Hollywood gossip and stuff. And she usually has a famous guest or two to talk about whatever they want to talk about. And I love going in those shows. And if you haven't been around for me for for a long time, I really like these shows because they're a good distraction. I don't like the, the mean, vicious reality stuff. I like the ones that are kind of calm and fun and just interactive. She's a really good distraction off my really hard, intense work that I do. And it kind of brings down my own mind chatter, so it's a good diversion. Anyway, I'm bringing this up for a purpose. She was throwing a big party yesterday, I believe it was, on her show, and she always starts the monologue. Well, in the monologue, she was talking about her great success and how she was surprised that she had gotten this far, but she had attributed it to several different things, and you'll never believe what she said. She attributed one of the reasons that she was successful to her lucky ring that she wears at every show. She then proceeded by telling everybody that she's very superstitious and that she uses something like that every show just to make sure that it's greater success. Now, if you were paying attention to my last show, I did it on superstitions and old wives' tales and how it's become of our daily routine. And here's just one more example of how these kind of superstitious thoughts just interweave inside our own reality and we don't even know it. I got a big chuckle out of that. I thought it was kind of funny. And (laughs) how spot on. And as you recall, in that last show, I ended the show with announcing that I had no idea what topic I was going to use for this week and what I was going to start talking about. But I had to wait in between last week's show on Thursday and this week. And so people always want to know how I'm picking those topics. Well, I'm going to tell you my formula, and believe me, this is how it works. First and foremost, I'm always watching and listening to what goes on around me. 
which is somewhat ironic, to be honest with you, because people think that I come off a bit slidey sometimes and that apparently I'm too happy in person, which I think is so goofy. But anyway, they tell me that, yeah, I'm pretty happy most of the time and things don't really bother me. I kind of deal with them and then move on. Anyway, what they're not understanding is that I'm actually taking in everything that's going on around me. It's like I'm multitasking all the time with my own intuition. Maybe that's where they get that I'm a little slidey, but I have a tendency to really, in every situation I am, I pay attention. And I'm really interested in what other people are talking about. I love talking to myself about a lot of stuff. So when it comes up in my head and the things and conversations that I'm having with other people, I kind of use, I'm responsible for connecting the dots that people usually don't put together. And so as you'll recall, I was talking to one of my clients a couple weeks ago and he was talking about the black cat and all that stuff. You can go back and listen. And that's what sparked my attention. Like, wait a minute, I'm listening to this. It's like, oh, that's where I'm doing my next show. So when I started writing the Dalai Lama blog, the same thing happened. I come across something that I've been doing for a long time and hadn't really put or connected the dots that maybe it was time to start sharing those kind of things. When you start working like that and you figure it out, you put all the pieces together and I think that's what I'm best at and people need to work more on that. The second question people want to know is, they saw a picture. If you listened to the show last week on Blog Talk Radio, you'll notice that they allow each one of us to put up as many um, pictures, images, anything that you want during the show. And what happens is they have a flashback thing. So it goes back and forth between the images. And as you recall, I was telling you a, a goofy story about being in the um, – in the radio broadcast booth when I was doing my show a while back and I would gather up all my stuff. Well, if you go back and look at that, that picture that I put up, the images, is actually a picture I took of all the stuff that I have in front of me when I do my show each and every week. And you'll be able to identify all different little deals in there. But go back, it's kind of funny I'm smart enough to know in my psych degree that people learn by visual. So I added the visual effects with the show that I did on superstition. So you'll see all those different images. I'm not sure if you'll be able to decipher all of it, but at least it's there. After the break, I want to talk about how I prepare for seminars, for healers and workshops, and the work I did before I went to see the Dalai Lama to make sure that I knew what I was going to get is what I wanted to receive. So we'll be right back after this short break on Your Future, Your Choice.
welcome back to Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. New music. Did you pay attention? I'm a person that gets bored very quickly with uh, status quo. So I thought I'd add a few more elements of surprises. And I hope you liked that. That was from Jay Craig's and his album, Lanto. It's on iTunes and everything else. Look for more subtle changes like that as we go and grow and I get used to what I'm doing here. Anyway, a couple years ago, I had to really internally grapple with what I was going to share on air in my shows because you really have to decide nowadays how much stuff you divulge and suggestions that I use because I've been in this industry for so long now. There's programs that I've actually developed on my own that I really haven't seen out in public and really do things a little different in my brain, I suppose. I've learned over my I, the way I've been doing things. But, you know, today in the business world, we're taught to keep that good stuff close to the chest and not give it away without charging it. And when I first started a long time ago, I used to buy into that theory. I used to think that that was the way to do it and keep an edge on the competition and really had trouble figuring out where the spiritual line was of understanding that all the information that we have in the world belongs to all of us. And none of us have any leg up or anyone has an advantage or use that advantage over people. But in business world, it's a little different than that. So it's hard to find that nice balance. So the information that I'm going to give you in the next two weeks, the rest of this program and the next program are things that I've learned along the way that might help you to see things in a different way when it comes to seminars and workshops, shops and healing venues that you find yourself going to. When I'm fascinated when people talk about attending these things, and in my case, I'm talking about the Dalai Lama now, when people go to these things, what do we do? Well, we rush to the very end, getting as many phone calls as we can get into. We type letters, we make texts, we do everything. And then, supposedly, our mind, our body, and our spirit are supposed to immediately shut down from the outside world and start taking in and in my case, the information from the Dalai Lama, in your case, any seminar or workshop anybody's attending. And we're supposed to start focusing in on that and let everything go. When you stop back and you think about it, it's ridiculous because people work frantically right into the point of impact, which is the presentation. Like, you're going to do all this stuff before you go on a great vacation. You cram everything into a 24-hour period, and then you're supposed to relax. Well, according to statistics, and this is the closest time I could find was 2005, Americans are supposedly spending over $102 billion per year on these kind of personal growth and wellness service products. Now, that's broken down into lots of different numbers, including books and radio and television programs and magazines and such. But even if you take a slight 
sliver from that astronomical number that I'm sure is higher now. It's crazy to think we're spending that much time and effort, but we're not getting the biggest bang for our buck if we're not doing the stuff we should be doing before we get there. No wonder people are trying to figure out how this all works together when they're not doing the prep work. So in the next two weeks, I want to talk to you about how to give preparation before you get there and after the post time you have after these incredible information seminars we're going to. Now, let me give you an example. For in order for me to get to the Dalai Lama, I had to get in my car. I had to drive a, a long distance. And then from there, I had to frantically find a parking space blocks and blocks away from the venue. I had to jump on the L train and go through that for several different stations. And then from there, I had to get in a long line and go through security. And then finally, after all that drama, I was able to sit in my seat and calm down. Now, I guarantee you that I use my time more effectively than anyone else that attended this identical event. Because if you've been following my shows for a long time, you should have heard the show that I did on meditation. In that show, I talked about three different types that I suggest of, uh, everyone should be doing on a regular basis. If you recall, one of them was a relinquishing meditation. And it was in this episode that I couldn't get that story about genie and the bottle out for to save my soul. But anyway, I digress. This meditation was about emptying that mind, the body, and soul and making room for new and improved information of your choosing as it's coming in. This is a perfect example of the public talk of the Dalai Lama that I was talking about. If you think about it, in any good seminar, they're going to throw tons and tons of insight your way in a very relatively short period of time. And even if you were to take notes through the entire thing, your brain can only take in morsels of information and little tidbits if you don't make room for the new stuff to come in. So what I did was I didn't spend any time listening to the radio on that ride in my car or did I squeeze any extra phone calls or text in for anything that needs to be dealt with. And if you're doing that, then you're not preparing and using the best advantage of taking what time out that you're doing for these seminars. I didn't take any time debriefing or talking to people as distractions. What you have to understand is the learning curve for these kind of events begins before you arrive at the event instead of right after. Preparation is the key to doing these kind of things. Don't waste your time in the car doing more stuff that you could be doing after you're done with this whole thing. I deliberately stepped out of my hectic world and started debriefing myself. So when I got there, I would be able to be in complete attention to everything that was going on. If you're going to start doing this stuff, 
You need to be smart about it. You have to attend these kind of events and seminars with an open mind and an open heart. Your first order of business is always to check your ego at the door. How many times have we all gone to seminars or workshops or things like that when we hear people yelling out things that try to trick up the presenter or they want to challenge the presenter just to show other people that they're smarter than the speaker. That's not what you're there for. You're there to learn new ways. You're there to see what's going on. You're there to get an idea of how to express your own ideologies in your world. So if you're attending something to get a leg up on your competition, it won't work. Think about it like this. If How many times of you have gone to these events and you take down every note only for the next couple weeks yet it dies off or it lets go or there's nothing that you can remember, only a few little key points? I may, big, I may say to you that it's because you didn't go with an open mind and a receptive heart. Either way, you did not get it because you weren't in the right frame of mind. The minute you cross that venue door, you should see yourself as a human sponge. You want to take in every word, every syllable, every thought, every energy, everything that's going on around you, including the crowd. I knew that when I was going to see the Dalai Lama, the crowd was going to be one of the most diverse kind of crowds I've ever been in in my life. I'm smart enough now to know that not all the messages and lessons come from the speaker. It may come from the group that you're with, because if you think about it, in one split second, millions, hundreds, thousands, maybe even just a couple people have been brought together as strangers in one culminating moment to make everybody new and improved from when they go out the other side. So make sure that when you go to these places, you understand the lesson begins before you get there. I was overwhelmed by the indigenous people that I saw with their native tribe's garbs in sitting next to me and down the rows, and the Buddhists in their traditional orange robes, how many times will I ever be able to see that in one location? I knew that this was a monumental thing for me in my life, and I knew that it was time for me to take in the lessons, not just from the Dalai Lama, but everything that was coming from him and the energy that it was exuding from everyone in the crowd. Have more trust in yourself. So when you're called to go to an event, a seminar, or a leadership convention, make sure that you know that it's something inside of you. Is your own intuition calling you to receive new insights and information? But don't take your junk through the door with you. You really need to set all of that aside. So once I was in my car and starting to let go of all that and relinquish the outside world, I then went into this 
this mantra that I always say. You're welcome to have use it on your own or come up with your own if you want to. I'm ready to receive and willing to accept all gifts that come through today. You can modernize that. You can change it. You can do whatever feels right for you. But when you start saying that over and over, it's a power statement that starts letting all the negativity go in your life. It starts bringing your mind, your body, and your soul ready to go to receive what the exciting information that's coming next. And lastly, make sure that you let go of your ego because that ego business of ours makes us miss a lot of opportunities because we think we know it all. We never know it all. We never should know it all. And we should never think that we know it all. (laughs) Say that three times. So that's step one. Think about opening your heart and being receptive to whatever comes to you before you get there. Next week, I want to start talking about some of the post-exercises that I teach. You'll be surprised at what I'm going to say. There's an exercise in there that I call take time to simmer in your own genius pot. As I referred to earlier, one of the reasons that people don't activate their information that they get at these seminars is because they haven't made it their own. They literally go back and regurgitate step by step what the leader told them to do. That's not what you should be doing. You know, everyone says that we're all doing the same thing over and over and there's really no new information or new thought processes. I want to talk about that and I want to talk about how I disagree with that and how every human being has a different dimension to share with the world that's personable, loving, and maybe it's meant to teach another human being in a different way that I can't get to. So I'm going to talk about that next week on the show Thursday. But between now and then, as always, I want you to remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. Join me next week with part two of preparing for great seminars, workshops, and healers. Blog Talk Radio, as usual, high noon. I'll see you there.